0: Hey, what's going down, clown?
1: Hey, back off, suit.
0: I'm practicing. Practicing what? Ringing your neck. What does it look like? Twist me up one of them, huh, fella? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twist this, all right? Bet you can't do a cat. Shows what you know, buddy. I can do anything. I can do birds, amphibians,
1: famous poets. Go ahead, name one. Robert Frost.
0: I was trying to think of a bit for this one, and uh, I, 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 will admit I fell into a bit of a bit hole. I, I, I had like no, seven or eight different like bits that. kind of swirling around uh, my my bit hole. The uh, but the gravitational pull of the of the bit hole Stop wasn't strong hole. enough. I, I'm Jesus gonna keep strong. saying bit hole, um, God. just to. Well, I mean, we're we're talking about a computer to game today, which is all a bunch of bits. This is why
1: no one listens uh, to our podcast.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> of the bit, the bit hole? Yeah, because of the bit hole. Hi, this is I Think You'd Bit Hole to it. Uh, oh. Hi, this is I Think You'd Be Into It, the podcast about your problematic faves. I'm your host, Brandon Beck.
1: You only get to have multiple bits if you can have one bit for every bone in the human body. So unless you have 202 bits about Grim Fandango, give it up.
0: That's a that's a challenge that I think I could probably uh, surmount.
1: All right, well, we're not doing it right now. Anyway, hi, I'm your other host, Beth Scorzato.
0: <laughs> and uh, joining us today to uh, talk about Grim Fandango, the uh, classic late 90s uh, LucasArts adventure game, is uh, you know him as one of the hosts of the That Was a Show podcast and the author of the comic Black Hole uh, please welcome to the show, Andrew Helmer. Andrew, welcome. Hello. Uh, thanks so much for having me. No problem. Uh we, we have a we have a long kind of odd history. Um, <laughs> we do. we've we've known each other for about twenty years through like the internet, but up until ten minutes ago had never actually like spoken. No. That that is correct so this this is this is super fun, but also just like a little a little surreal on on top of a normal episode.
2: yeah, it's uh, pretty surreal for me too. I mean, we've stayed in each other's orbits somehow, yeah. so it's like half weird, but yeah
0: and and trans uh, trans country too. oh yeah, yeah,
2: like <laughs> i'm 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 Canadian as fuck.
0: Oh yeah. um so before. We get into Grim Fandango. Uh, why don't we talk about some things we're into this week, shall we? Does anybody have one? If not, because I do.
1: Just go. Just do it, babe. Okay. Yeah, I'll go. You, you seem excited. I have one, but go.
0: <laughs> Fine. If you're going to be so pushy about it, I'll go. The uh, the thing I'm into this week is the new Monster Hunter movie, uh, which we watched about uh, oh, a week yeah, or so ago uh directed by uh PT PT and or PTA Anderson. The one that's not uh the Magnolia guy. Uh the other Paul Anderson who makes uh what like, does he do? I think he, he he's makes Paul... like Resident Evil. No, Evils. he's no,
2: I'm trying to think what he does for his name.
0: Oh, is it W.S. Anderson? Yes. Yes it is. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. Paul W.S. Anderson. Uh who's primarily known for uh making like Resident Evil movies and uh being married to mila jovovich they must still be married right because she's still she's still popping up in his stuff oh yeah she's 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 the star and they were basically like hey let's make a movie so we can have you kick ass for two hours but with dinosaurs this time instead of vampires
1: when we were watching it i didn't really i've never really watched any of the resident evil movies but i was like all right clearly this woman must be somebody And it's not Shirley's, and it's an action movie, and it's not Shirley's Throne, and it's not (laughs) Linda Hamilton, and it's not Lucy Lawless. So it must be by process of elimination, Mila Jovovich, even though I don't know who she is.
2: (laughs) That is correct. Math checks out.
1: That is 100% how I came to that conclusion.
2: It's funny because, Brandon, you said vampires.
0: Is that not, oh, Resident Evil zombies, isn't it? But it's
2: clearly zombies. But on the other hand, I knew what you meant because Underworld is vampires.
0: And she's in Underworld too, right?
2: No, but Kate Beckinsale also had that like director relationship of like, why is she in these movies? Oh, it's because her husband's directing them. Oh,
0: okay, yeah, I was w- I've never seen any of those either. So I, I
1: also thought vampires.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I w- I was too scared to play the Resident Evil games up until like a couple years ago, and and even now that the idea of playing one in VR is just like hard fucking pass. Yeah. But the the thing that I liked about this this movie that made it feel like maybe the most successful video game adaptation I've seen is that it really manages to capture the overriding feeling of playing a Monster Hunter game. Which just amounts to, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Uh, (laughs) While you're, like, running from a giant dragon that is, like, breathing fire, but also shooting, like, ice out of its tail. And is 30 times taller than you, and you're just, like, about to get whacked into the side of a mountain by it. And, like, the movie really captures that sense of scale and that sense of, like, that was our big attack. Oh, shit, it didn't do anything. Um, um, um. (laughs) And it's, uh, it manages to keep that feeling, uh, in new and different ways throughout the movie, which, which is cool. Like, it, it, sort of amounts to, like, three boss fights, essentially. <laughs> like, the boss fight at the beginning, the, the boss fight a third of the way through, and the boss fight at the end. Um, and each of them wind up being, capturing that same feeling of, like, oh god, we're just gonna eke this out, um... In different and cool ways. Um, T.I. gets murdered pretty early on. Uh, Ron Perlman is there uh, looking like he's <laughs> looking like he's wearing a Jay Leno mask with sideburns.
1: God, just exactly like what you would expect Ron Perlman cosplaying <laughs> as a D&D character to look like.
2: Like you could tell that like he's he thinks he's he maybe shouldn't be there but he also kind of knows
0: it's exactly where he should be. Oh yeah. I I when he popped up in the movie, I was like I didn't know he was in this, but I'm not surprised. It just feels right that he's here.
1: Seems appropriate for his oeuvre. <laughs> I just wanted to say that. Like like I
0: love Ron Perlman, but he knows what he does. He kn- he knows who he is. Oh yeah. You you can't wear that uh that jacket in Pacific Rim without being like aware of what your whole <laughs> vibe is i forgot he was in that but of course he was
1: yeah i did i also forgot he was in pacific Rim.
0: <laughs> and at the end of it isn't the post credits him like Punching his way out of the monster's gut like Drax at the beginning of Guardians 2. I
1: just said I don't remember him being in the movie, so I don't
0: I know. Did. I don't let's put it this way. I uh I did not care for
2: Pacific Rim, so I did not, <laughs> not stick around to see if they were teasing me to it for another Pacific Rim.
0: That's fair. That's but it fair. makes sense because he
2: him and Del Toro are tight, so Oh
0: yeah. Oh yeah. Um but yeah, he's in the mix with uh crazy hair and a big old sword and uh beth said to me before the movie uh there are these cat creatures in monster hunter that are like
1: they're called palicos
0: yeah they're called palicos they're like the size (laughs) of like a four-year-old yeah it's dumb (laughs) and they are your like adventure buddies and also like the chefs back at your camp and the movie keeps a pretty for as much as it's like you know a big sort of like crazy monster fight movie it keeps the like fantasy elements kind of tamped down until you get back to ron perlman's boat and find out that he has like a like one-eyed fucky cat man working as his (laughs) chef uh who like immediately has the host for Mila jovovich
1: horny very horny very horny cat man
0: feel like know nothing about this
2: series assumed horny oh yeah
1: if you know nothing about any Japanese series, assume horny
2: <laughs> I knew nothing about any of this, so obviously I'm googling like I need I'm like, can I see this hair somewhere? <laughs> and like the first picture that came out is this one eyed cat and like I'm in love.
0: Yeah. I, right? I, I need to see this. <laughs> I don't know I don't I don't think he's ever given a name in the film. Right. But it should it he he looks like fucking like He's not far off from being a cat's 2019 cat. And like that rules to have that just sort of show up like, oh, there's fucked up skimble (laughs) shanks in the middle of my monster movie. And he gets like an action hero moment and it rules. Oh, wow. Ron Perlman just that's hair. But
2: when did Ron Perlman just become Tom Waits?
0: (laughs) God, I would watch the shit out of that movie. You're not wrong either either ron perlman playing tom waits or ron perlman and tom waits yeah
2: they, they they've got a real there's like a real natalie portman kira knightley thing happening with both of oh, them yeah. right now or could just
0: switch them in and out <laughs> that's gonna be their scene in coffee and cigarettes too <laughs> i and i think you're you're honestly maybe the only person i know who i could make that joke to. <laughs> I appreciate it.
1: <laughs> yeah, because nobody else watched that movie.
0: I appreciate a good Jarmouche joke. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, so yeah, the uh Monster Hunter movie, um, it's it's shocky, it's fun, uh, it's it's worth your hour forty five. Um, I I think it's for rental on a lot of the streaming stuff, but uh, my uncle who works at BitTorrent uh, got me a copy. <laughs> he's, um, got, he's got a he's got an in. <laughs> Yep.
1: Yeah, my inn is called the Pirate Bay.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my uncle Pirate Bay. It always it always bothered me when people said "Kaza." I don't know why. Just did.
0: Oh, weird. That that would not have even occurred to me to pronounce it that way. No, no. Well, it was a Canadian thing. Could it could have could have been. Um. So yeah, Monster Hunter movie. Um. That's my thing for the week. Who wants to go next?
1: I can go. I'm just really in that. I'm just really into that they, they put The Nanny on um, HBO Max because it's great <laughs> and I'm watching it and Fran Drescher is like a fucking, she's just a 10 out of 10, she's gorgeous and a style icon and so fucking funny and um, yeah, I've been watching those in the background while I've been working, it's great. I, I my, my what I'm into this week is never quite as detailed as yours but it is what I'm into this <laughs> week. <laughs>
0: Well, you also just don't like the sound of your own voice as much as I do, so.
1: I mean, yes, but also, like, I don't know, The Nanny's been around for many, many years. I don't think I really need to sell people on what The Nanny is. You had to explain Monster Hunter. Yeah.
2: (laughs) You might. I feel like it's the chances of people listening knowing what the new Monster Hunter movie is is probably far greater than people knowing what The Nanny is. I run a I run a podcast about sitcoms, sure.
1: Yeah, but you, you also have to keep in mind that the target demographic of our show is mostly just our friends who are the same age as us. So
0: <laughs> it's very hey, likely they that's... know what
1: the nanny is. <laughs>
2: those, <laughs> those, are my, those
0: are our demographics, too. <laughs> Isn't that great? Loved it. Love to be your own target demo.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, what about you, Andrew? Anything you're into this week?
2: Oh, geez. Um I'm a really bad Canadian in that like I completely ignored Shits Creek for the entire time it was on the air. Oh.
0: Um,
2: and obviously I mean, you know, the the title. They lost me they kind of lost me at the title, and I was like, Yeah, I get it. It's you know, they're they're up Shits Creek. It's funny. Uh <laughs> the show is so good. It's so good. It
1: is. That was the thing I was into a few months ago. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't
2: think I really need to spend much time going on about it, but it's great. And I'm super into the characters and I'm so glad I'm watching it. And then I'm kind of mad at myself for ignoring it for all
0: those years. Now, were you uh, when you started watching it, were, were you hooked kind of from the jump or did it did it take a minute? Because because I, I think both Beth and I started it like a couple different times mm-hmm. and weren't never quite got into it.
1: Yeah. I couldn't get into it a couple times.
0: Cause like for me it was, wow, this is a lot of tense, rich people being tense at each other. And like, if I <laughs> wanted that, I could just go home. <laughs> but like once, once we got dialed into it, it's like, Oh, this is charming as fuck.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Especially when, once they kind of start losing their edge a bit yeah. and the, characters start enjoying being around each other uh, but you know what to answer that yeah I I think I think if I had just taken down the pilot um it might have it might have taken me a little bit longer but I just happened to I don't know maybe I was maybe it was like a new new round of quarantines or something. But I had extra time, and I my first sitting on the show, I watched like five episodes. So by the end of the sitting, I was I was
0: hooked. Oh hell yeah, yeah!
1: I was just gonna say Brandon doesn't really watch like
0: multiple episodes of things. Yeah, that's true. Um, Not a binger anymore. Not not really. I I will. Yeah, I will sometimes if there's like uh, something like really kind of timely that I don't want to get spoiled. Like all, yeah. like I've done a couple like Game of Thrones runs and stuff like that, just to like avoid, you know, getting something that I'm like halfway invested in spoiled. But like, yeah, I generally only will watch a couple. But like, I think the thing that that show did well very quickly is the pilot really feels like they're trying to do Arrested Development, mm-hmm. um, or because it's Canadian, a Arrested Development, yeah. Um, I no. <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um Boo. but uh they very quickly realized like oh that that's not kind of what the what the vibe is. I think that was like such a good call. Kind of like when uh Parks and Rec really quickly recalibrated and realized we don't need to be the office. There is already uh the office.
2: Yes. I I agree with that completely. In fact, yeah, especially the Parks and Rec. Uh, thing where it's like you you can go back and watch Parks and Rec now and I'm sure if, if you know if I go back and watch Shit's Creek I'm sure it's the same thing but like when you first when you start watching Parks and Rec you're like oh these characters I, I don't know you can watch it now and be like oh I love these characters but they weren't that way when you
0: first saw it <laughs> nope there there aren't there aren't a lot of Mark Brandanowitz stands out there <laughs> So, speaking of characters not being the way they were when you remembered them, but in fact being dead.
1: Okay, I'm pretty sure you always, okay.
0: No, no. I mean, that was a really <laughs> bad one. If you have a better one, go for it.
1: I don't really have a better one, but I mean, that's basically like being like, hey, do you not remember the premise of this game? <laughs> <laughs> hey kids, remember, remember how you forgot the premise of this game?
0: <laughs> okay, how, how about this? You're dead! Now that we're done selling each other on these new things, why don't we talk about a game about selling the afterlife? <laughs> uh? No, that was somehow worse. That, that yeah, I mean, that wasn't your finest work. No, no, <laughs> but you, you know what? It, podcasting's a volume game, so...
1: Here's one, here you go, here you go. Ready? Ready? Yeah. Now, while... It's not really a great one, but it's like, hey, now let's go from uh, you know, the high high CGI modern graphics world of Monster Hunter back to the uh you know, four polygon days of of LucasArts.
0: Yeah, that's that's yep. that's better. That's better. That's, that, that's that is way better. better. Way better than what I had.
2: I've always I've always appreciated a good
0: Speaking of segues. <laughs> oh yeah. Just like, fuck it, we're just gonna do it. <laughs> so grim fandango um why don't you tell us a little bit about uh what this game is and sort of like how you discovered it because this was this was one of the first like culture things we also kind of like bonded over i remember
2: i thought yeah i thought i remembered that uh yeah so grim fandango is uh like a 1998 uh it's like an adventure game set in the land of the dead Uh, and it was put out by, uh, like LucasArts, like you said. So it was kind of like, uh, you know, it, it kind of followed in the, in the footsteps of say like, uh, what was it? Curse of Monkey Island or, uh, what was that? Full
0: Throttle. Full Throttle.
2: Full Throttle. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like a very story based adventure game. And I found it as a young, I don't know, like 12 year old boy, uh, and i have no idea how i found it it just maybe because it, lucas's name was attached to it i would probably devour everything that had to do with that you know s- you know star wars to to whatever they put out i would probably just pick up but for some reason like i became obsessed with this game and it just became like this it's so good for one yeah. and it's still so good like i've owned it you know many times over the years Um, and just, it also, like, when I was young, like, it just opened the door to so many things that would later just go on to be, like, my jam, as they say.
1: As the kids say.
2: As the children's say.
0: Oh, God. (laughs) No, it is the children who say my jam. (laughs) Um, We're old. Am
1: I out of touch? (laughs) No, it is the children who are wrong. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, mortality oh.
1: Yeah, exactly, Grim Fandango, it's about mortality
0: That should have been our segue, speaking of mortality yeah, Speaking of the <laughs>
2: ever-shortening sh- mortal coil <laughs> 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 So yeah, Grim Fandango, uh, for those
1: Speaking of our impending death
2: <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of living in a world of the of the walking dead <laughs>
1: Y'all, it's been a year.
2: <laughs> you guys
0: are on your way, though.
1: We are. We got both. We're totally juiced up.
0: Oh, hey, congrats. That's awesome. But we're, we're still like as a society in that place of like, you know, that feeling like 20 minutes before a meeting where there's like nothing you can really do other than <laughs> just kind of like exist and think about the fact that there's a meeting in 20 minutes, but you don't have time to do or you know do anything else it feels like the whole it feels like our whole lives are that right now
2: (laughs) yeah we're at least where toronto is right now we're kind of like you know that there is a meeting coming up and you turn on your computer and there's like oh shit windows is updating And then, you know, it's going to update for the next seven hours and you're probably going to miss the meeting anyways.
1: Oh, that's like how I made the baffling choice to update all my Creative Cloud programs in the middle of the day today for some stupid reason. Mostly that I'm stupid. And so I just sat here for an hour and a half being like, man, I'd really like to use Photoshop.
2: No, 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 no. I mean, did you make the decision or did you open the Creative Cloud? And it was just like, eh. I'm gonna I'm updating.
1: I open well no, I I did make the decision because I was trying to update something else that I needed to use, and then Creative Cloud was like, let's just update everything. And I was like, Well, I guess this is how I I guess I do need to do it.
2: (laughs) Oh man. Yeah, I think I don't know why that 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 is particularly relatable. I just upgraded my Creative Cloud subscription to something, and yeah, it
0: spent just it was a day. It was a damn yeah.
1: day. It was a whole day of doing it. Yep.
0: How can it be? Tw- how can it be twenty five minutes left for two and a half hours? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much.
2: Grim Fandango. Grim, Grim Fandango. Fandango. That's right. Okay. Uh, Grim Fandango. It's one of those great old point and click adventure games. Oh, you know. It
0: was, no, it wasn't. It wasn't point and click though. It no, was, you're right.
2: It wasn't. It was. It was. It was tank controls, baby. It was tank uh, controls.
1: I think it was that the one time I tried to play it, um, I gave up like basically after you leave his office because i got stuck in a corner in the hallway and i couldn't get out of it and i got so mad at the controls that i just gave up so i think in my head i think it's point and click because i kept pointing or i wanted and clicking where i wanted him to go and he wouldn't go
2: <laughs> that that i think that would be a lot of people's like uh experience with it probably yeah so they eventually released an alternate control scheme making it playable
0: because
2: even i was just like when i got it for ps4 i was just sort of like you know what i'm gonna use the old control <laughs> and then i started i was like oh no no i don't wanna i don't want to jump off a cliff
1: you're like actually this is terrible
2: <laughs>
0: i don't want to spend half my game time rotating
2: it's so funny because even just thinking about it like you know i didn't do any like preparation for coming on this but even just you're like the office i was like oh my god i that fucking office <laughs> yeah are we a
0: cursy are we a cursey podcast oh, oh yeah oh, we're a
1: very cursy podcast
0: v- very <laughs> more 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 than uh beth's mother would uh approve of, probably <laughs> I'm, I,
2: I, I think I'm, It's just. I think my podcast is not a cursy
1: podcast,
2: but ah. I'm very cursy on it. So it became one only through me.
1: That's why our podcast is cursy. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. It's not, a. it's not a podcast that requires cursing. It's that I curse and then uh, I'm not going to make Brandon edit it out.
0: Yep. I would refuse to do so. I, I, you know, it's
2: part of my, uh, my spices, you know, it's, uh. Yeah. How I how I deliver
1: a joke. Yeah. Stank on it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so speaking of stank, so the 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 plot of the game.
2: You are a travel. You are a travel agent in the land of the dead, who is meant to sell people travel packages that will help them through their four year journey of the soul, uh, which is very loosely uh, based on the Aztec belief of the underworld. Um, which is what all the podcasts are talking about these days. Mm-hmm. And uh essentially, yeah, you uncover this reign of corruption in the land of the dead, and it's a very film noir, like detective story kind of you know, the, it, it basically it's what introduced me into film noir as a 12-year-old kid, and like I became obsessed with film noir after that. And yeah, so you're basically just this travel agent named manny calavera which is a great name calavera being like the mexican uh sugar skulls are calaveras kind of um yeah or like the little dolls that like represent the little skeletons those are called calaveras so yeah you basically just uh travel you you have a four-year journey of of a soul from this guy's perspective. And uh, you meet a lot of crazy characters and uh, solve puzzles in increasingly nonsensical ways. And, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: There is some, like, hardcore adventure game logic in there. (laughs) Oh,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, haven't played it in years, could, could definitely still remember every single, like, bizarre method of solving these puzzles.
0: Oh, yeah. Like... Like I remember, like one of the first puzzles you come across, because uh, each 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 chapter of the game takes place in one day, which is the Day of the Dead, um, and then the next one is a uh, a year later. Um, and early, one of the first puzzles you have to do, you have to buy uh, like a balloon animal from a balloon vendor to go take up on the roof. <laughs> to pop near some pigeons who will scatter away yes
2: you have to crumble breadcrumbs on top of it so they will
1: <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> and like your options are like a cat a dog or the poet robert frost <laughs> yep yep and like that is just some like wild adventure game logic and that's kind of where you start off
1: It's also got such a specifically bizarre like that's a really good example of like the specific sense of humor this game has
0: oh yeah and like the well the lucas titles back then did sort of tend to uh swing that way like monkey island has a lot of is very silly uh full throttle's pretty funny day of the tentacle all of those games are all mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. heavily heavily comedic because like at that point, that was kind of the only way you could really do comedy in a game. Yeah,
2: yeah, I you know? I, I definitely agree with that. And it, you know what? And that's one of those things. Like it it can be at times a very serious game, but it usually has a big sense of humor about it. And I think it was one of those, like, I would classify it as introducing me to like to film noir, to like an obsession with the afterlife, to also just. Having shit be funny when it's serious, you know.
0: Absolutely, and like s- same for me. Like I, I really became fascinated with a lot of stuff like that. I, I've never been too deep of a noir guy, but like the aesthetic and the cultural stuff of like the Day of the Dead. I, I've, I'd never seen anything like this until no. I saw the the game because, uh, you know, white kid in North Carolina. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, it's like all of the mythology behind it is so fascinating and it's and like the combination of like a mundane job like a travel agent and then this like very stylized high concept world um there there's there's a part early on where you go into the human world or the living world oh god uh, yes in your like grim reaper outfit to get a new customer i think is is how it's referred to mm-hmm. and the living world is is done in a completely different style it's this like almost like newspaper collage
2: yeah like magazine cutouts of like it's like everybody has the face of like in the you know in the truman show when like he's like piecing together his memory of what the the woman looks like so he's cutting out different features from magazines it's
0: like that oh yeah a little bit
2: but like way more grotesque
0: oh yeah ab- absolutely um but yeah for and I think that the like kind of stripped down sort of low poly style really works for this game because it like th- all of the character faces are just skulls mm-hmm. so like there's not y- you don't have to do a ton of motion with them and um, but it also lets them be like super expressive in a very kind of stylized way without needing, like, a million polygons to show how, like, their face is moving, you know?
2: Even the remastered version, they did very little with it except for making the animation just run a little bit smoother. Oh, yeah. And, like, it reminds me kind of, like, why Toy Story, like, still works because, Mm -hmm. like, you come up with, like, this unique style of presenting the characters and, like... Here we are, you know, 20 something years later and it still looks as good as it did that.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And like, I think a lot of the Lucas stuff visually kind of holds up mm-hmm. because they they it felt like they were going for that with all of them. Like Sam and Max has a very like newspaper cartoon vibe. Uh, Full Throttle is this very like stylized like action movie sort of, uh, you know, like like. It looks like a bunch of, like, Rob Liefeld or Liefeld, however however the fuck you pronounce his name, uh, characters with, like, gigantic pecs just punching through things. Liefeld. Yeah, I I think this game just has such a... It's such a unique melding of, like, eight different visual styles. Yeah. all, All work together in a way you wouldn't expect they would. Between, like, the noir and the like you know day of the dead sort of stuff and even the like there's some like you like fantasy stuff in there with like spirits and and things at one point you ride around in a hot rod um with your pal glottis and it's it's just such a like even today it it, it doesn't look like any other No it really thing.
2: doesn't i remember like back in the day it was like always rumored that like tim burton had optioned it because obviously and all I remember thinking He's was the
1: skeleton man
2: yeah because he was a skeleton man is I remember just being like I just don't think he has like his visual style is too dark for it and like I didn't I didn't know if his sense of humor would be the best match um yeah. and it's like that was the closest anybody could come because they're like oh because you know dead people but like as much as it is like, you know about a bunch of dead people it is you know it's really a bright and funny game and it's just like yeah
0: the sense of humor of it is so um okay what was what was what's the guy's name uh i believe this is a tim Schafer game
2: it's tim yeah this is tim Schafer for sure
0: uh which like he is i would say kind of the undisputed king of like funny adventure games yeah Between this and, uh, you know, Monkey Island and Full Throttle. He did Psychonauts.
2: Psychonauts, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Fucking loved Psychonauts.
2: He did uh, the one with Jack Black. Oh, Uh, yeah, Brutal Legend. Brutal Legend, yep.
0: That thing that turned into, like, a completely different style of game six hours in that I didn't like at all.
2: Yeah, same. Uh, He did something a couple years ago I remember liking, uh, Broken Age that was really good
1: oh yeah i played that i played that in its entirety
2: yeah it was good it was really good yeah yeah it has that same like he has he tells really human stories with very weird like packages
1: yeah a lot of these guys that worked on lucas film like on the lucas art games at this time there a lot of these same guys ended up doing all the double fine games which is what broken age was which is what uh psychonauts
0: was and I feel like Tim Schafer has probably influenced the sense of humor, of humor of of lots more people than he would get credit for. Oh, for sure. Just through all of these, or at least for a specific like generation or two of uh, nerds.
2: I would definitely agree with that. I just, it's funny. I just like I I clicked on his Wikipedia and I was like, oh, is Tim Schafer just Bobby Moynihan? <laughs> he kin-
0: <laughs> yeah, he kinda is. Yes. He was great in DuckTales uh, <laughs> on, on top of creating some great, great games and a really good improviser, too. He <laughs> at first I was like, was he on DuckTales?
1: <laughs> Bobby Moynihan sure was, though.
0: But we don't we don't know that Tim Schafer wasn't.
1: I mean, I'm pretty sure I could just go to IMDB and prove that, actually. But OK. Oh,
0: yeah. Easily. Easily. But
2: du- DuckTales is one of those things. He said, "Jumping off of Grim Fandango again is one of those things where I'm like, I know I have to watch the new Ducktales, I just haven't."
1: Ah, oh. uh, yeah, we've talked a lot about the Ducktales on here because um, it's the thing I'm into. Like every three weeks, I have not <laughs> talked about the finale yet on this show because
0: I'm not ready.
2: It's done. <laughs> it it it's it it ended right.
0: Yes, though they are doing a like, there's going to be a podcast now. <laughs> the the premise <laughs> oh, being yeah. that uh. In character, uh, yeah. Red, uh, red nephew, Huey. Huey,
1: you've watched so many seasons of this show with me, and yeah. you still do not know them other than what color they wear.
0: Yeah, they're red, blue, and green. They're red, blue, and green. Yeah, oh, God. And day, and and Daisy. Uh, no. Uh, no. Webby. 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 Uh, voiced by the delightful Kate Micucci. God, oh, she is delightful. They're they're doing a like follow up. Uh podcast series called I think this Duckburg Life where (laughs) it's it's Huey's this American lifestyle podcast about living in Duckburg and it's gonna it has all the cast it's like a scripted thing they're doing I think eight of them I don't I don't know when it's coming out but like that's such a weird pivot from you know high-flying action comedy cartoon to we're gonna do an eight episode this American life parody podcast
2: (laughs) That's, that's that's a very specific like flex.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah,
2: I love it. That's awesome.
0: God, that show was so good.
2: That's like a Muppet, like that's a Muppet thing. That's something a mu- the Muppets would do.
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I was surprised. We we've done a lot of rewatching of the Muppet Show since it dropped on Disney. Same, I- same. I've been surprised at like how many high concept episodes there were in that show, like. As it as it gets further on, like each one has some sort of like elaborate background premise on top of we're doing a Muppet show. Uh like there's one episode the episode with Loretta Lynn is all filmed as if it was at a train station, with like everyone in the show just kind of like improvising to like turn a, a working train station into also a, a theater to do a show. And it rules. Everything Muppets rules. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so did you have a... Were you much of a gamer when you were younger? Or was this kind of like this and other, you know, sort of adventure games? Was that, was that kind of a one-off for you?
2: You know, for me, like, it's it's probably the same... I probably game the same amount now as I ever have. Well, probably more now just because, you know, I'm an adult and I have, you know, disposable income and whatnot. But, uh, you know, for and me, okay, it was... Yeah, like, any video game that I play is, like, if it doesn't have, like, a really amazing story, I'm just not in. Like, no matter how fun something is or, like, how good the gameplay is, if the story sucks, like, I will stop playing it within an hour or two. And, like, I've always kind of looked at video games as just, like, a great way to tell a story. So, like, kind of the same then. Like, if there was a good story, I was probably playing it. But, I, you know, I was I wasn't playing a lot around then but just i guess then i would have been playing like star wars games and like i remember being really into the first tomb raider
0: another tank controls game
2: another tank controls game and i did like the resident evils actually oh nice yeah yeah i haven't played many of them since and same haven't been able to do the vr yet just cuz yeah. i don't know if i'm ready for it cuz like any any vr experience i've had uh has been, like, overwhelming. Sure. <laughs> like, it's just, I'm not ready for, like, hours of, like, flight or fight response from my brain. <laughs> that's,
0: that's fair. Uh, we I did uh, The Void a couple times, which was this, like, VR immersive sort of, like, Company thing that oh uh, yeah
2: yeah we had we had one here actually
0: did you ever did you ever do it
2: yeah I did the uh, the Ghostbusters one
0: how was that aside from <laughs> terrifying
2: really good really really good
0: it is wild what they what they can do or, or could do it's not around anymore no uh, it was wild what they could do basically like they would just put you in like a laser tag vest and a VR helmet and then put you in what it, what was clearly a room with walls like four four walls and no clear like way out and then within a couple minutes the whatever vr you know thing you're doing either ghostbusters or x-men or whatever there will be a moment where it will tell you to go through a door where you know intellectually there's a wall there yeah and like yeah. the like the first time you take that step it's like whoa this is uh perception is wild
2: yeah, and, like, they do a lot with, like, practical effects, too. Oh, yeah. Like, I remember the Ghostbusters one, like, you walk out onto a balcony, and, like, they're just blasting you with cold air. Yeah. And it's just, like, you're, like, right outside, like, on a New York balcony, and you're just, like, it, I just remember just being kind of, like, blown away by it.
0: They they did that they did that gag in the Wreck It Ralph one <laughs> where you wind up essentially in uh oh god, I'm trying to remember the the name of that old like Atari era like tank game. Oh. Uh Scorched w- Earth? No, no, it's the one where it was like mostly just like a really long, flat expanse with some mountains off. In the distance, that were like green wire frames. Um, I think it might just be called Tank Command or something like that. But it 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 looked like you were suddenly plopped down in the middle of that, and just like this giant empty void, and they just blasted you with cold air, and it felt like, oh, this is I'm in the middle of this huge empty expanse. When really, I'm in the mall in Glendale. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's where it
0: was. Actually,
1: it was in the Glendale Galleria.
2: Yeah, I I mean I figured. I mean, I having not been to LA ever. I I was That's just fine. Like, ah, it's overrated. <laughs> so is Toronto.
0: Um but so were there um are there any other games that you've played that like have a a story that has grabbed you as much as as this one did?
2: Like honestly, like yeah, like a lot of games grab me, but nothing the closest I've ever come to being like as obsessed uh mm-hmm. with something wasn't until, like, 2013 when, like, The Last of Us came out. Oh, yeah. And, like, I that was, like, one of those things where I was like, oh, like, you can still really tell a story in a video game. Or all the Uncharteds are kind of like that, too, where just, like, I can just kind of be sunk into the story. And, like, I mean, those ones help because, like, the gameplay is really, really good.
0: Yeah, I, I never got too deep into the uh, Uncharteds, but I I loved Last of Us. Um, love a video game that makes you feel bad
2: yeah yeah well like, the second one really
0: really oh, sure. and
2: also you know coming like so so early into the pandemic and you were just like oh yeah. my god i feel terrible i better log into this game and feel terrible yep. again
1: isn't that most online games <laughs> <laughs> True.
2: see yeah and that, that was the thing is like i never i could never really get into like online gaming or video or or multiplayer just because like I'm only really in it for the story.
1: That's who I am as a video game player too. I don't, I don't care about playing with other people. I only like story stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like for me, like, yeah, like part of the best part about video games is like, oh, I get to forget how socially awkward I am for a while. And like, (laughs) (laughs) I get to play a character that isn't.
0: See, I I wind up kind of swinging the other way. I wind up playing a lot of games that are more like uh like the gameplay of it is is more the focus like i play a lot of roguelikes stuff like spelunky or or rogue legend or or hades is the most recent one that i've really gotten into oh that looks cool you you actually probably really like hades the the gameplay of it it's it's you just do the same thing every time like it's you try to escape from hell and you start at the bottom and you make your way up and it's the same However many stages each time, but like as opposed to a lot of other games like that, it divvies out really incredible writing uh, throughout the game, uh, so it feels like it has more of a story than a lot of games like that actually do, um, which I think is partly why it's wound up being so successful because it's it's scratching multiple itches that that usually aren't you know simultaneously scratched. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't great, but you know what? I said it. You
1: did. You sure did, babe. <laughs> uh, another thing with Grim Fandango, I, as much as I also I did really like the story, I didn't play it because, like I said, I got really mad when I couldn't get the controls to work. Um, but I watched Brandon replay it when the PS version came out a little while ago, and it just, like, it felt considering... The number, as much as I made a joke about it earlier, considering the number of polygons they had to work with, the like depth of the world that they built is, like it's clearly, like so carefully thought out. Everything has logic. Everything is beautifully designed for what it is. Like, there's, there's nothing that's just, like, thrown in there. There's no time. That they're like, oh, we need a boat. So they just put, like, a generic boat graphic in there. Like, everything is built with purpose, and I love that. I love that world-building shit.
2: Yeah. No, I agree. Like, it, and maybe it was that, too. Like, it was, like, my first – I mean, obviously, you know, there's Star Wars and stuff like that, but it was my my first example of, like, wow, you can really build – like, when you're telling a story like this, you can really build, like, this huge, cool world and, like, do anything in it and, like – I, you know, like, I feel like almost every bit of writing I've done since then has in some way been inspired by, like, that kind of freedom and creativity.
0: Oh, totally. Totally. And that, like, it changes its form so often.
2: Yes. Every year is a different, different, like, style almost. Like, you know, like, one year is, like, very like you know you in one of the years like you're the ca- manny's the captain of a of a boat and the boat sinks and you're all underwater and then you get to see what hap- you know what's the underworld like in underwater and like or up in the mountains
0: the the second year is literally just Casablanca yes yes uh like you're you're running a casino you've you're wearing that like exact white coat uh, that bogey has.
2: There's a there's a Peter Lorre character. There's uh, a Claude Rains character. Like yeah, yeah, it's yeah.
0: The croupier has the same voice as the the croupier in Casablanca, which blew my mind the first time I saw Casablanca.
2: Oh yeah, like I that was I like rem- I knew what it was referencing somehow at that age, but it was what got me to watch Casablanca, and like Casablanca is one of my favorite movies now, so it's like yeah. Oh yeah.
1: I'm what got Brandon to watch
0: Castle mm. <laughs> Yeah, I'd somehow never seen it, but then we went to a uh Valentine's Day, I believe, screening at Cinefamily. Because that's
1: when they show it. But uh Yeah. I love that movie. It's uh, I don't think it's particularly romantic actually, <laughs> but um No. No That's when it, people show it.
2: If you know, everybody's Valentine's Day movie. If you really love her, let her go off with the freedom fighter. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, that's that's what I did when Beth and I broke up for a little while. Uh, she went off with the Freedom Fighters, and I went off with Claude Rains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I call it my lost weekend. Stupid.
1: Uh, the other thing I want to talk about with this game, though, um, because while I didn't play the game, I do have the entire remastered version of the soundtrack on my regular playlist that I listen to at work because I can't listen to things with words while I'm proofreading oh um,
2: I, I can't do anything yeah I cannot work with anything with words
1: it's it, but the the when they because so for the re-release they re-recorded the whole yeah. soundtrack the whole original soundtrack with these like great new arrangements awesome quality oh it It's such a good soundtrack. It slaps every different, similar to how you're saying, like every different year is like so different. Like the music really reflects that. This is not a game that has, you know, two music cues that you just play alternating. Every single area has its own music and its own style and its own feeling. And it's just, it's so fucking good.
0: Yeah. And it, it, it ranges from like very like orchestral sort of cinematic stuff to like, klezmer when yep. you're in the like ghost forest riding around in your hot rod to like, you know, very sort of like traditional, uh, Spanish stuff. Like it's so, oh, it's yeah. so good. It's, it's all so well-considered. There was a really good, uh, I don't, Polygon in in one of the many podcasts they tried to launch that only lasted a couple episodes. Uh, they did one that was mostly an interview with the composer of Grim Fandango talking about his process of uh, re I think like rearranging some of the score for uh, the remastered version. And it was a really interesting look at how they uh, at how he like approached reorchestrating something that was already kind of iconic. Um, But and that his his process was basically let's just make it feel more real. Like the, like those pieces were already good, but I think his exact quote was something like, you can't replace the sound of, uh, or you can't replicate the sound of air moving in a room. And like the original soundtrack did not have that, but the new one, like you really feel Mm -hmm. the like, like the size of the ensemble. And it really adds a a level of uh, depth to the world uh, beyond what was already there.
2: It's a game that, like, it definitely, like, I can't think of another game, like, in the 90s, especially, that, like, took music as seriously as it does, or even just, like, like the whole package of it. Like, it was, you know, it's it's weird to think now, but, you know, in 1998, hell, not a lot of games had voice acting. No, let alone voice acting of the caliber of this. But yeah, like there, what other, what other game had like orchestral music, like a full, you know, like, it's incredible to think of like how ahead of its time it was, but also how nobody really uh, other ever did anything else like it again.
0: <laughs> and it was like unabashedly cinematic, but it, in a, in a way that's different from the way games are sort of like cinematic now, which is, oh, mm-hmm. uh, let's just try to make them look as real as possible. Like, it really went out of its way to, like, like the compositions of, uh, you know, when you're in a room, like, where they put the camera is always very particularly placed to give it a lot of feelings of, like, a Dutch angle or, like, it's a lot of, like, high angles so you really get the sense of, like, the scale of this place, which, which like, as much as I love those old adventure games, you can only fit so much into, you know, that pixel art you know but like you could hit a scale in this uh, with this that you simply couldn't and like back then there was just something about cg that made it feel more like more cine- more grand i think even though it looks kind of quaint now
2: yeah 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 absolutely yeah like they want you to they want you to experience like every inch of this like art deco like design
0: yeah, the, the Art Deco world, which is really, like, the most prevalent probably in the first chapter, like, if I could just walk around that office, that, like, amazing Art Deco office building and just, like, hang out and have a scotch.
1: Yeah, that's the one where I got stuck in a corner. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're just, supposed to, you're just supposed to read
2: the mail and get out of there.
1: Yeah. I got out of there and then I got stuck in a corner. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a bad corner to be in, man. It's a bad corner. Yes.
1: I guess I just
0: really fucked up.
2: I think I also became obsessed with, like, Art Deco design <laughs> from that. Because where else would I have gotten obsessed with it?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think Toronto is really known for its Art Deco history. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is not. Neither was North Carolina. So, like, uh... oh, God, I was trying to. What's the name of that art architecture out here? that's really good. Gougie, something like that. I have no idea what you're talking about. I
1: swear to God, I've never heard of this. What
0: is that? Like it's like that very L.A. architecture, like like it like an in and out, like that kind of thing. Americana? No, it's it's actually a <laughs> it's actually a, a okay, a, it's, sure, it's, I believe it's you. Gucci, <laughs> yeah, Gucci. Is a type of futurist architecture influenced by car culture, jets, the space age, and the atomic age. It originated in Southern California.
1: I didn't not believe you. I just didn't know what you're talking about.
2: <laughs> For the record, I did not believe you.
1: It just didn't seem like something he had that much imagination to make up.
0: That's fair. But yeah, like the the image on the Gucci Arch- architecture Wikipedia page is fucking Norms on La Brea or wherever that is.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, no, I was not aware of that. You learned something. Yeah. But anyway, is that in the game?
0: No. I was just saying. <laughs> okay. I, I, I honestly don't even remember how we got onto it, but it, you know. This is a very tangential it,
1: episode, yeah. It really
0: is.
2: Yeah. yeah. I always bl-
0: blame myself.
1: Don't. No. Please don't. This is our show. We're the ones
0: who don't keep it on the rails. I blame the children. Yes. So. It is the children who <laughs> are wrong. Uh, so uh, before we wrap up, is is there any anything else sort of in the uh world of the undead that we haven't quite covered that you would like to.
2: You mean Grim Fandango or just like the world of the undead in general?
1: <laughs> I mean, I guess both now that we've left it open.
0: We could talk about Coco too, if you want.
2: Oh, Coco was
0: great. Coco's so good.
2: I remember getting excited when they announced Coco because I was like, oh, this is the closest I'm getting to a Grim Fandango movie.
0: Literally same.
2: Yeah, but also me still being like, but maybe I'll write one someday. Yeah. Somebody's yeah. going to be like, what, what project do you really want? And they'll be like, I'll be like, Grim Fandango. And they're like, Cool. Get out of here.
1: <laughs> they'll be like, Well, uh, nobody's licensing that, <laughs> but okay.
0: I, I truly wonder who owns the license to Grim Fandango at this point. I would imagine it's probably, it's probably whoever
1: made the game. The, the well,
0: well see that's the thing lucas arts made it and then lucas got bought by disney which included lucas arts but now lucas arts it, it doesn't really exist it's so, like yeah it's probably disney i th- they made some sort of licensing deal with double fine i think i remember I, but like, yeah
2: i think you're i think you're right yeah
0: the it, it must it's so weird how like the D- oh
2: li- no hold on here we are oh in 2014 with help from sony Tim Schafer's studio, Double Fine Productions, acquired the Grim Fandango license following Disney's acquisition. So they basically got it. Disney didn't want it.
0: Sure, yeah, that's fair. (laughs) Disney wouldn't know what to do with it. Yeah,
2: they didn't outbid them or anything. They were just like, yeah, 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 whatever.
0: Yeah, we're fine. It's good. They're like, look, we didn't spend four billion dollars on Grim Fandango and Day of the Tentacle. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's not what we wrote the check for. We don't care. Y'all can have this one. Bye. <laughs> what? Bo- Bobby Moynihan's on the blower and he wants to remake an old adventure <laughs> game. All-, all right. Sure. I've got more shit to do. I'm Bob Iger. <laughs> Why are you bothering me with this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Michael Eisner. Hello. Sorry.
1: I know it's not him. I just like saying hi.
0: Oh, no, it, w- it would have still been Eisner at that point. You're right. It would have still been Eisner at that point.
1: Well, you said uh, you said it was uh <laughs> Yeah, I, I said Iger, but you
0: were. Well, it w- no, no, it would have been Iger now. I guess it would have been.
1: Yeah. It would have been Iger for the sale of it back to anyway. I just wanted to make a, hi, I'm Michael Eisner. Hello. Hello, I'm
0: Michael Eisner. <laughs> um, well, gosh. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us uh, today. This was uh, a, a genuine pleasure. Yeah,
2: for me as well. Thank you so much, you guys, for having me. And no, uh, I, I really, no really enjoyed this.
0: <laughs> yeah, th- this, like... We spent so much of our of our teenage IM years basically just doing this, yeah. Uh, over I am, so it's 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 nice to actually get to like do some goofs in per like in person. Agreed. <laughs> so, if people wanted to find more uh, Andrew Helmer content on their internet, how could they do that?
1: Or or in the world, whatever. You you have books,
2: or yeah, or out in the world. Uh yeah I mean we you know we're not in a lot of comic shops right now so Black Hollow uh where our first two issues are out and then like every comic you know we took that really uh that really completely regular two year hiatus after issue two it's
0: what Saga did
2: <laughs> yeah we're
0: we're definitely we're, we're we're
2: yeah that's you know what that's it we'll release our next issue when Saga fifty five comes out so
0: <laughs> you're gonna have some time then
2: that's that's exactly it that's the, it's in your it's in your hands
0: vaughn as as long as you get it out before the end of that kevin smith daredevil miniseries
1: <laughs> yeah we, we can't start getting into comics opinions right now because um I'm, i have a lot oh yeah i'm really salty about comics today i have a lot of comics opinions today i'm actually this entire episode have been working on a four-year consideration graphic for the ringo awards
0: like star
1: no, not like star, like Mike Oh like right. Mike Ringo.
0: Right, right. I was like, what the fuck is Ringo doing with comics? No. But that makes a lot more sense. Jesus he's giving god. it he's giving it a go. <laughs> I look like, I lux me some she-hu. Oh. <laughs> oh my god.
2: Uh as for my other my other thing that actually is uh, still current is uh, that was a show, uh, which you can find pretty much anywhere uh, that you listen to podcasts. We're on uh, Apple and Spotify, all that fun stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, you should listen to that because it's a really fun podcast uh, about failed or forgotten sitcoms from the 80s or 90s. Uh, we just recorded our first season finale on Sunday, uh, so we're Hell probably yeah. going to take a couple weeks off and then back to season two for more absolutely terrible sitcoms.
0: Hell yeah. What's the, like, wildest one you've seen so far? Oh, man.
2: There's been some really interesting ones. Like, probably the weirdest one we watched was a show called Whoops. show called what? It was called Whoops.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh,
2: but Whoops. So the first thing that pisses me off about the show is that it's Whoops- <laughs> But they didn't spell it with an H. They spelled it W-O-O-P-S, which is like, who spells it that way? So that's It's whoops. not. Yeah, whoops. And like, I looked it up and it was like, yeah, technically you can spell it that way, but nobody does. And they were like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Whoops was about.
1: That's how I would spell whoops.
2: With no H?
1: Oh, no, with an H. Sorry. Yeah, with an I H. I thought you no. said with. No, no, that's, no. That's, that's, no H. No, no
2: H.
0: No here,
1: kid. I mean, technically, it would make the same sound, but it looks more like a Pokemon than a word.
2: Yeah, it's it. Yeah, it does, and would be better if it was. So, Whoops was in the late eighties. It was a uh, a sitcom that lasted like one season. It was essentially about the nuclear holocaust happens and only oh, I've
0: heard about this.
2: And only yeah, like only like five or six people uh remain in this farmhouse in uh I think it was California. And like it's just bad. It's just so bad. It has a fucking giant spider at the end of the first act of the <laughs> of the of the pilot, so I don't know if John Peters had anything to do with it, but it's there. Uh it's wow. terrible. We also dig one called Jennifer slept here uh and that was about a ghost a uh, a famous movie starlet dies and haunts the mansion where she died uh but she only haunts like the teenage boy that moves in after she dies and like no one else and all the point of her being a starlet doesn't really come up that much all she really does is give him dating advice
0: okay yeah Wow, that's like oh god there was a similar pilot where about a kid who had an invisible friend and his invisible friend was Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> what? All right. And that was just that was just the premise. I think it was called like My Power Rodney or something like that. And oh like couple times per episode this kid would just like I don't know summon Rodney Dangerfield who'd like, I guess, do bits at the mean kids on the playground? I don't know. It sounded fucking wild.
2: <laughs> that is amazing, and I need to like look that up.
0: It's called like Where's Rodney or, or Hey Rodney or, or it's, it's a very kind of g- generic. Uh, and was comedy. he involved in it? Yeah, he was. He he was. Um, I don't know to what degree he was involved with the writing, but he definitely cashed that check.
2: Well, you guys should come on and talk about this Roddy Dangerfield podcast with us. Oh, yeah. We'd love (laughs) to come
0: on whenever.
2: So, yeah. Absolutely. As soon as we are recording again, which will be at some point in the near future, that would be a lot of fun.
0: Cool. Um, Yeah, if you wanted to find more of my mess, uh, I'm at Hell Yes Brandon uh, across uh, the various hell sites on which we live our lives uh, these days. Um... You know, a lot of my stuff is actually kind of like on hiatus or kind of like in between things. Uh, ink blots around. We've got some stuff on SoundCloud, some live shows on on YouTube. We're we're uh, rehearsing and uh, learning new material now, which is great for uh, whenever uh, shows eventually open up. Uh, the The booker at this bar we play at a lot, uh, who. Uh, sent us an email saying that we will never play there again because we're banned forever because we decided not to play a gig uh, the day everything shut down last year. Like May um, fi-
1: like March 15th.
0: Yeah. yeah, like like that Friday. <laughs> uh, he said, well, we're never going to play again because we, we canceled the gig, which wound up being canceled anyway. Uh, that dude's already hitting us up about uh, <laughs> trying to play... Uh, as soon as possible. So...
1: Yeah, no one wants to play UBG. So who who does he think he's kidding?
0: No, the, the I mean UBG is a, is a fine bar, and it's, it's a it's, fine dive it's, bar. <laughs> it's it's, it's kind of cool to play in a stage where if you look out the window, you can see both Hogwarts and a giant minion uh, from Universal.
1: Yeah, but it'd also be cool to play on a stage where you all fit on the stage.
0: That is true. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is uh, cramped for a four person band uh yeah so i think that's kind of all i have uh this time hat and hats coming soon uh doing a little more work on that uh yeah i think that's all i have this time uh beth what about you
1: uh sure i've basically still got nothing um no, it, you can follow me online everywhere at, at B scores with an underscore at the end. Uh, or the easiest way to follow me is to uh follow the podcast online. You can follow us on Twitter at, at Intuitpod and on Instagram at hashtag Intuitpod. Uh we've got a bunch of great stuff. Uh we've got the new Indisaurus Discord that we're now a part of now that we're on the IndiSaurus network. Ah! Uh, which is really cool and fun. And we've got our own channel in there and there's lots of other great channels. They're uh, good people. So if you wanted to get in on that discord, you know, you should hit us up. Uh, And there's also a IndieSaurus Patreon that you can check out. Uh, I really recommend you just go to the IndieSaurus website, check out all the great shows they've got going on. They've got podcasts and video shows. um, So there's a lot of live streaming going on on Twitch Um, and yeah, we're really excited to be there. So Even though this is coming out a few weeks into us being on there, this is the first one I'm recording since the launch date, so uh, you get to hear me talk it up. Uh, Other than that, thank you as always to Kaelin West and Tiny Stills for the use of our theme song, Starting Over is a lot like giving up off the album. Falling is like flying. That's all I've got.
0: Well, Andrew, uh, thank you again for (laughs) uh, taking this trip to the land of the undead with us today.
2: Well, thanks so much for having me, you guys. I had a lot of fun.
0: Uh, so, yeah, all that being said. Podcast over.